0: The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, Isaiah 9, sorry, 6 through 7 says, For unto us a child is born, is one of the greatest prophecies about Jesus in all the Bible. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The book of Matthew chapter 2, 1 says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him thank you jesus we love you bless our time together today we pray father as we turn our eyes to christmas that this season god let it resemble you not our consumerism not fears and frustrations not even the fact we're looking forward to wonderful things like vacations but let us let our focus be you let you let become the centerpiece of our faith again at this time we pray in jesus name amen i want to talk to you today on the topic of the overlooked gift the overlooked gift as we start to turn our eyes to Jesus, isn't he that overlooked gift of Christmas? Isn't he the greatest overlooked gift of all time? That if your house is anything like mine, Christmas doesn't begin on Christmas Eve or December the 23rd. If you're anything like mine, we roll through the fall beautifully. We love the orange leaves. We have a great time. We make our way to Halloween. And pretty much from November the 1st, we de Michael Buble and Mariah Carey, they're defrosted. And and Christmas seasonal music just rolls through the house. There's pumpkin spice everywhere. The tree goes up. In fact, I know someone who, what are we today? We're the 10th of November. Someone by the 5th of November had their Christmas tree up. Yeah, I salute you. Decorations in homes around my house, lights are on the outside are up. As the historical family Grinch of my family, I... Would avoid all things seasonal, but I've changed. I've had a change of heart. I've come off my high horse thinking that Christmas was nothing than a pseudo-religious cash grab causing us to double down on our consumerism, but I've changed. It probably still is that, but I've changed because I think we cannot avoid the greatest gift and the overlooked gift of Christmas, that is Jesus. Times have changed and now I'm as pumped as the next person. In our home, I love setting up the tree. Although I do think that random Christmas tree block thing at the bottom with the twisty, you know, in the, in the bottom of the trunk. You know, you put water and whatever and bricks. Yeah, that thing's necessary, kind of random. There's Christmas Eve, there's Home Alone, there's Die Hard 2. Uh, Christmas Day with its early morning exhilaration, its food. And of course, the kid's favorite, the gift giving. Again, if your family's anything like mine, there'll be those Overlooked relics of Christmas day, bags of wrapping paper, the tree itself, which can hang around for some time, the weight that holds it down, which I was talking about with the you know, vice grips, the lights, other decorations, and usually the overlooked gifts at the bottom of the tree. The one that didn't seem necessary at the time, the gift that when you were given it, it's like, oh, what's this for? But proves to be genius level, in the days that are to come. That you receive, it seems understated, subtle even, unnecessary maybe. But later on in life, you look back and say, wow, that's crazy, thank you. Because at the time you're like, wow, that's crazy, thank you. But then later on you're like, yo, for real, that's crazy how impressive this gift became. It's the thoughtful gift that you didn't see coming. It's the practical gift that you use every day in the weeks to come. It's the new wallet when all you wanted was the cash. It's when Nadia bought me A watch or a leather bag or satchel that just come in clutch. We're talking today about the gift that we didn't know we needed. And obviously the greatest gift of all time that we didn't know at the time that we needed is the gift of Christ. We like to think that at all times he's central to our life and he is. But we often forget that, don't we? And those humble enough and honest enough to admit the fact that we can overlook Jesus The practical nature of Christ, the subtle nature of Christ, and displace Him from the middle of our life. We all do that. The other day, I was talking with someone, had a coffee, just catching up, pastoral catch up, having some chats. How's your faith? How's your walk with Christ? And this person said to me, He said, Levi, sometimes I feel like an imposter. He says, At church, people are raising their hands, they're singing, and sometimes I just don't feel like singing. I wonder why do we raise our hands? I don't feel like sometimes I feel welcome in the church by the people, but I feel like I don't know what I'm doing there. I feel like an imposter. I was meeting with this person and, I, and I, as they were talking about how they don't want to, it's an overindulgence uh, on the emotions. They don't feel like it. So I'm not sure why I should do it. I remarked to their surprise that I too sometimes feel the exact same way. But isn't that the sacrifice of praise? That when I don't feel like it, He's still good enough to receive it. That He's still worthy of it. He's my portion. That I should still give Him my very best, even though I don't feel like it. Then I realized that Jesus is that gift that I didn't know that I needed. And then it bubbles up on the inside of me, the fact that there is genuine and authentic praise that He's due because He's so good in my life. He doesn't judge me. He will one day But he reserves his judgment for one day. It's called judgment day. So God will give you your whole life and then right at the end judge you for it. We don't do that. We judge everybody's whole life every day based on one thing. (laughs) What we do is judge. God says, no, 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 no. I'll reserve judgment. But at the end, you better be ready. He doesn't judge me. He, he, He helps me. He loves me. He receives me. He corrects me. He encourages me. He protects me. Jesus, for all of us, can be that overlooked gift. The unnecessary one that you feel like you were given and then you realise later on it's the most meaningful gift that you could have been given. The one that provides infinitely more impact in our life than we could have ever expected. The Christmas tree reminds me that there is indeed a star at the top, but for us at the bottom, there is a saviour. There's a star at the top of the tree, but a saviour at the bottom of the tree. Understand that that gift is the gift of Christ. One of the most incredible prophetic moments in the Old Testament is Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Dang. Like he has some great shoulders, hey? Like, shoulders are sick. Like, uh, Bane, Dark Knight Rises. You know, I was born in it, you know. Uh, You merely adopted the darkness, I was born in it. You know, shoulders, traps. The government will be on his shoulders, Jesus? What a beast. I remember we were renovating the office down on Kent Street here in Ottawa one time. And we, we we were inserting this beam. And there were four of us. There was this big guy, his name was Zeke. Shoulders. Then there was me. Then there was Mike Humphrey and Pat. And Mike and Pat, so strong. Yeah, tough guys, man. And Zeke. But Zeke was like the guy who was like, yo, if anyone can lift this beam on their shoulders, it's Zeke. But, but he, he had to leave. So we get it all ready, then he's like, guys, I've actually got to go. Then he like walked out the front door. And I don't know about Mike and Pat, but I was like, I was... I was scared for my life that the beam was gonna fall on me. And I was like, yo, we just lost the strongest guy. But I'd overlooked the strength of Mike and Pat. So I'm like, I'm ready to lift. And, and like the three of us lift, we, we put one end up, then the three of us lift it. Boom, put it in place. And then Mike's like, okay, Pat, Levi, you go. Levi, you help Pat at that end. Pat, you need to fasten it with the bolts that he had arranged. He goes, I'll hold this end. Really? Mike Humphrey alone wants to hold a beam that took three of us to lift from one end. I was like, bro, we're about to get squashed tonight. So Mike's like got it, Well, just beads of sweat. He just got this thing. I was like, dang, like, don't, well, I guess my point here in this story is don't, don't underestimate the strength of Mike. Don't underestimate Pat. Underestimate me and then don't ask Zeke to help lift. That's probably the point of the story. But beyond that, understand this, that. As he lifted, I was like, man, this man's shoulders? I would come to learn that they were shoulders that could bear the burden of this beam. I come free. The Bible says that the government will be on Jesus' shoulders, which is a lot stronger than a wooden beam. That he carries the cares of the world, the leadership of the world, the future of the world. He's the saviour of the world. If appearances can be deceiving, when I looked at Mike carrying this beam, then how much more can appearances be deceiving when we look at this infant who arrives on Christmas day, who's prophesied as a child, a son, a baby, but the government will be on his shoulders? That's our savior. I love board games nights. Some of my favorite, some of my favorite memories of my life have been board games nights. Winning, of course, but sometimes even losing can just be hilarious. And there are some nights on some occasions when people are just on fire, just not losing. There's one game we play called celebrities. Some people call it a fishbowl. Celebrities is a better version of fishbowl. And so what happens is in this game, there's three rounds and on the last round, you, you um, have to just say one word to describe the celebrities that you've been describing for the previous two rounds. This is round three. And sometimes, man, people, someone gets up there and they have like, you know, like a minute or like 90 seconds or however, however long we decide. And they're up there and they bang, bang, bang. But the people guessing, when you get the person saying locked in with the person guessing, bam, 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 I think it's 30 seconds, just like on fire. And at the end of the night, if I've had a bad night, like there's one game I'm not particularly good at, it's called Poetry for Neanderthals, or Neanderthal poetry. And I'm not good at it because like, well not a Neanderthal obviously, I don't even believe in that. Um, so other people carry me, and so we use that phrase: "Bro, you carried me tonight." How often, like, how trivial is a board game night? How often do we look at Christ and say that, "And you carry me." Oh, thanks for carrying me, man. Like on your shoulders, the government, my sins, like my future, like my life. Jesus, take the world. Like you're ca- you're carrying me, and He does. Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. I love that. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The overlooked gift of Jesus' shoulders, (laughs) that's a funny sentence, is that, they are more than able to carry the burden of your life. The overlooked gift of the shoulders of Christ is that they're able to carry the the burden of our lives. We've taken back more responsibility than we need to when it comes to our own life. More control, more burden, more concern. Today, let me encourage you, give it back to the man whose shoulders can carry it. Give it back to Jesus and receive those shoulders that are more than able to carry your troubles, your concerns, your sin. Maybe it isn't control that you need to relinquish, but his light burden that you need to open. Maybe for you, the overlooked gift is realizing that every good thing comes from God. Maybe for you, you've been claiming the success is your own, but the gift that's overlooked in your life is simply this, the success is his. Maybe for you, the overlooked gift in your life is that you've been chasing the goodness of God, but realize today that all the while, he's been chasing you. He knows you, loves you. He wants the best for you. He's catered a a gift specifically for you. Have you ever had that? A catered gift? Like something made essentially, like just perfectly designed just for you? Like Nadia crushes gift giving, crushes it. Man, a few times I can think of like three like very specific gifts that she's given me which have just been perfect. You know, Mika, Hugo, Jovi, you know. (laughs) I've got four kids. Um, You know, (laughs) she's given me this, I remember this watch. In fact, a couple of watches actually. Uh, The perfect fleece. She gave me this leather satchel. One time she gave me this leather uh, journal cover. Like just, you know, just the, I got you this gem, just the perfect gifts. Brand new Bible, you know. It's wonderful to think that someone so carefully thought about assembling a gift perfectly just for you. God's perfectly designed, well-cated gift for you this Christmas season, if you're taking notes, might, might, might just be his easy yoke. His easy yoke. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The yoke was the wooden cross piece that would basically attach two animals together and connect them to the cart or the plough that they were pulling. Essentially the yoke is defining and it's the embodiment of the burden. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The thing that is connecting you to the burden you're pulling, with me there is none. Does life sometimes feel anxious, heavy, weighty, nervous? That's called burden. That fear you have, that's burden. We're not meant to carry a heavy burden. We went through it all so that he could go, and then he went through it all so that he could carry it. All the issues of your life, he's been through that. The other day I was, I was in the kitchen and I asked somebody, would you like me to get you a cup of coffee? or Would you like anything, a cup of tea? Would you like a water? Would you like a, a pineapple bubbly? My favorite. Can I get you anything? And the person was like, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll have a coffee. I said, no worries. And they said, I'll get it. And I said, no, 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 I'll I'll get it. Then they insisted. No, I'll get it. And I'm a gentleman. If someone insists, they get two chances. If they insist, then I'm I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. But I'm in the kitchen already. I've already started. And they get up from their chair, come into the kitchen. Now we're both in the kitchen, making the same cup of coffee. Doesn't that feel like Christ? Like he's like, hey, like I got you, man. I'll carry your burdens. He said, no, I've got it. He's like, no, no. He's like, no, well, that's my job. Nah, don't worry about it. Let's do it together. And he's like, well, the burden is too much for you. It's just enough for me. So why don't you give it to me? And one of us can do the job of savior and you can get busy with living your life. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) Nah, nah. I'll, I'll carry it. Don't worry about it. And Jesus often is thinking, man, I wish they would just lay down their burden and take my, my easy yoke. And Jesus is not only willing to carry our burdens, but he's the only person who knows how to carry those burdens. <laughs> do, you have, do you use Instacart? Instacart, like, you know, with the grocery shopping? Pay a little fee, they bring the groceries. Sometimes if we're busy, lots going on. Like, okay, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, great, done. Had, like, people over for Thanksgiving, it's like, oh, we forgot, like, you know, stuffing or, like, cranberry sauce or... Butter, you know, it's like Instacart, boom, done. Yeah. Every time we do that, Jovi Joby loves, Jovi's the best host ever. She's the five-year-old queen of hosting, but she loves the groceries. So when knock at the door, Instacart guy, hey, how you going? And there's like, you know, the grocery bags there. Amazing, thanks so much. She always tries to help. But you know, there's heavy things in there like um, olive oil or like, I don't know, cabbage, you know, like squash, and it's heavy. And she gets in the way. Jovi, thank you. No, we got it. You know, thanks, appreciate it. You know, five stars. And then she like trips over the bags and gets in the way. She's actually more harmful than she is helpful. Bless her soul. And they end up tripping over, you know, and breaking eggs along the way. But this is what we do with our burdens when it comes to Christ. We bring them to Him to the foot of the cross, and then we try and help Him. I oh, don't worry, Jesus. I'll give you a hand. He's like, no, no, no. And we can be more harmful than helpful because we get in the way, we push, we pull, we drag using important energy on things that only he can do causing more harm than help. Let him help you. He took the fear, the weight, the guilt, the regret. He carried them, he crucified them. The Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 14, he cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. My yoke is easy, he says in Matthew 11. If it's as his, his easy yoke, his light burden. Number one, maybe the overlooked gift that Christ is offering us this Christmas is His control. His control. Control has become a very negative word, isn't it? Now, this person is overly controlling, micromanager. Control, control, control. You know, toxic leadership. Ah, ah, you know, it's it's a trigger word. It has horrible connotations. It's been cancelled, basically. The word control has been cancelled. I wouldn't be surprised if cars come out and they change cruise control to another phrase, like um, like cruise autopilot or something like that. Watch that happen, claimed it. But Jesus has a plan to take control. So I don't want us to use those negative connotations with Christ and cancel the word because he wants to to retain control and lordship and leadership over our lives because he's our Lord and Saviour. We, we overemphasize the saving part, but he's like, no, no, I also want leadership of your life. Faith in God is not a democracy, it's the giving over of our rights. That we trust him, that we submit to him, that we surrender our will to his will. He has many names, he's King of Kings, he's Lord of Lords, he's Messiah, Savior. Savior is easy, he saved us, kind of like, done. Well, I'm not saying that saving me was easy, it was a lot of hard work, it cost him his whole life. Um, but it has a sense of like once once for all once it just happened one time he just did it one time and then I'm saved amen but lordship is different it's ongoing i constantly need to give him back more and more control that i take back savior means we took from him lord means we give to him he was the savior i took i took his righteousness but but I give leadership of my life. Saviour saves, a Lord leads. A Saviour is one time, a Lord is for all times. A Saviour looks for recognition and forgiveness. The Lord looks for ownership and rule. He looks for control. Stop wrestling back from God the control that you can't handle of your own life. Jesus, take the wheel. We look to you, Lord. I know someone in our church last week got fired. And we're talking, he's like, man, God's got a job for me. I'm going to keep looking. I'll keep hustling. We'll try and find it. But I'm, I'm at peace because I know that the one who has the job for me, loves me, and is on my side. Man, give back control. And the last thing I'll say is this. His easy burden, his light yoke, control is maybe the gift that we're taking back from God, but it's overlooked. Give it back to him. He wants control. But then lastly, it's his benevolence. Benevolence can simply be defined as kindness or goodness. And we see in movies many kings or emperors portrayed in a way that's not flattering. Lord Farquaad, you know, Shrek. He's not kind or benevolent. Now we think about Commodus, played by walking Phoenix and Gladiator. It's not benevolent. We think about the Emperor in Star Wars. Not kind. Lordship is not synonymous with goodness. Kingship is not synonymous with kindness, but with God, It is completely different. Psalm 86 verse 5 says, For you, Lord, are good. For you, Lord, are good. And ready to forgive. And abundant in loving kindness. You, Lord, are good. Abundant in kindness to all who call upon you. He's good. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and His faithfulness to all generations. James says, Every good and perfect gift comes from God. No one but that one is good, and that is God, Matthew writes, and Mark writes in Mark 10, verse 18. To get to God is to understand how good He is. We must be better at seeing the silver lining in every cloud and finding God in that silver lining. At one time, I remember looking around my house, and everything in my house was a gift. Like, it just occurred to me. I was just in my house and I was like, oh man, that was a wedding gift, and that, that dresser was a gift, these couches were a gift. Man, that was a gift, and this was a gift. And I realized that all these things that had been given in my life were gifts from people, but every good gift comes from God. I look at my wife, I look at my family, I look at the kids, look at the, the church that we have, and I realized that God has given me all these great gifts. Psalm 23 verse six says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That He's so good to us. His easy yoke, His light burden, His goodness, His kindness, His control. Give away the control that you've wrestled back of your own life and His benevolence. See, our problem is that we're sinful, but God loves us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you and for me that this Christmas, as we look to put Jesus back as the centerpiece of our life, we've removed Him, haven't we? He used to sit there on the mantelpiece as the main piece of artwork, and we've just put Him to the side, and now He's an accessory to our career, an accessory to our family. We used to have rhythms that highlighted how important He was in our life, but we've lost them. This Christmas season, let's put Him back as the main cause of joy in our life. And if you're here today, you're saying, Levi, I don't know Jesus. I'm, I'm distant from Him. I don't understand the concept of God and Christ. But I'd love to start that journey. I would love to pray a prayer that might change your life forever. To start the journey of you walking with Christ. And so if that's you here today, you're saying, Levi, I need Jesus. I'm away from Him. I don't know Him. Then I would love to pray a very simple prayer and believe that your whole life could be changed and impacted forever because of one prayer, one moment that gets you right with God. And so, friend, if that's you, pray this prayer, this simple prayer with me. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I ask you, forgive me of my sin. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love you, church. See you next week.